Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers constantly, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor, of love and steadfastness, of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of people we prove to be among you for your sake, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy, inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place where your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you and how you turned to God from idols. Sorry. And how you turned to God from idols to serving a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead Jesus who rescues us from the wrath that is coming this is the word of the Lord stand for the gospel reading this can be found on page 23 of the uh, New Testament section of the Bible. It is uh, taken from Matthew chapter 22, beginning at verse 15. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth and show deference to no one for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test? You hypocrites, show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? 
They answered, The emperors. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Amen. Amen. Please do sit down. I was reading this week of a part of a country of the world that has been waiting 100 years for the Bible in their own language, and it has just arrived. A hundred years ago, British missionaries went there for the first time, and the Bible Society have managed to create a Bible for them. So I encourage you, where the Bible is freely available to us, to have your Bible open at page 200. We're going to be looking at Paul's letter this morning. It's one of those questions uh, that gets asked, how should you like to be remembered, says the interviewer on television or radio, or what would you like to be remembered for? I wonder how you might answer that question if you were asked it. Maybe if uh, you had a slot here, we had grill the vicar the other week. Maybe we should have grill the congregation by the vicars another time. Now that would be interesting. We can't ask the Thessalonians what they would say in answer to that question. But thanks to Paul, the character and actions of our brothers and sisters in Christ in the Thessalonian church are known to us. And it is for these that they are remembered over 2,000 years since that church was formed. Paul, sitting in Corinth on his second missionary journey, puts pen to paper and writes to encourage them just 20 years or so after the Lord's death, resurrection and ascension. He's saying, be encouraged by what I hear about you. And it's how we remember now that young church. Paul is full of thanks for them. Verse 2, full of thanks for them. Not for something they've given him, not for their kindness to the missionary band who were in that city founding the church, but for their witness. Full of thanks for them in his prayers. A reminder to us that Part of our prayer life is to give thanks for our fellow believers. Those we know, those we have known, we can rejoice in their memory. We're heading for the season of all souls and all saints. When we think of the church militant, the church here, and the church triumphant, the church that has already gone ahead. So Paul is saying, I just love to give thanks to God for these people because of their faith grateful praise for the witness of our fellow believers. 
So why was he full of thanks? Well, um, Paul gave three reasons. Deep faith and actions. First, in verse 3, your work of faith. I give thanks to God for your work of faith. Work that flows from faith. And the Greek word for work here is not that occasional um, kind turn that we might do for each other, which is good to do, but it's not that. It's a, it's a strenuous, continuous effort to give support and love and service without looking for reward. You might receive a reward, but it's not a looked-for reward. Putting effort in. In our Wednesday Bible studies, we looking at Philippians, we've just been looking at that wonderful line of Paul about forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, living the Christian life. It's that kind of sense. And in our little stewardship season here at All Saints, we might call this good stewardship of the fruits of our faith. In fact, I might um, package that and sell it to the vicar for next year, I think. Good stewardship of the fruits of our faith. Then the second thing, for their labour of love. Paul uses here, for love, an important New Testament word. It's one you will have heard, if you've been in church before, agape. That word that's linked with our understanding of God's love in us as a gift of grace. Unconditional, free, unearned, given. Love leading to the outflowing of an unconditional love from God in us, in our service for others. As we not only love the God who first loved us, but also that we love our fellow believers and the wider world. And then thirdly, Paul says, I give thanks for your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Your unwaveringness, but it's more than that. It is that, but it's more than that. This is introducing for us the second coming of the Lord Jesus, which is the dominant theme in this epistle. It appears in every single chapter. We won't be working, sadly, we won't be preaching through 1 Thessalonians, but here we are at the beginning, and it reminds us that this is a primary issue for Paul, for which he gives thanks in our modern way, we might say, the Thessalonians have got it. They've got that they live their lives out as faith in action, that they hold the love of God in their hearts and pour it out in their endeavours in the world, that they love God, they love their fellow believer, they love the world around them, they care, but all of this is part of a steadfast hope in the Lord Jesus' return. A return we need. Death, resurrection, ascension, and the Lord returning. I will come in the same way that I have gone, he says. Paul is so glad that this young church has a steady possession of a 
confident anticipation of the second coming. Here at All Saints, we're beginning to look ahead to Christmas. Isn't everybody in our church life? But before Christmas, we come to the season of Advent, in which we too particularly remember Christmas, but also this promise of the second Advent. The second Advent, the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And I hope in Advent this year, we'll all learn a little more how to how to trust in and long for that second advent and to long for it not with anxiety but with a thrill of expectation. Paul, Timothy and our more familiar Silas, Silvanus here, had preached in the Thessalonian synagogue and the local church had grown up from that missionary work. Thessalonica, the capital city of the Roman province of Macedonia, an important place, a wonderful example of how the Holy Spirit moves the Apostle Paul as you read his missionary journeys from significant place to significant place to get maximum value out of his efforts. This city with a harbour, with east-west trade, with north-south trade, and a city also with pagan worship, with the worship of the emperor and the Egyptian cults that the Romans so liked. So here's Paul sitting in Corinth, ever the pastor. He wants to affirm the young church and reassure them in the face of challenge and pressure. I'd like to guess there may be at least one person here facing a challenge and feeling some pressure in their lives. Maybe more than one. Paul says, remember the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God in your hearts and be encouraged. Jewish opponents had been very unhappy with the missionary band arriving in Thessalonica and they'd had to leave the city and the young church was persecuted then and was still facing persecution. So Paul is reminding them that they did indeed meet the living Lord in and through Paul's sharing of the gospel. Sometimes we wobble and it's good to be reminded the Lord is at your side even when you forget that he is. Verse 6, he's so glad that when they responded, they received the word with joy, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Those of you who've been Christians a long time, do you remember the sense of joy you felt when you first knew the Lord? Paul is saying, I love to remember how when you came to faith, you were filled with joy. Since that time, some had died, and that plus the opposition had made them a bit shaky in their faith. He's saying to them, just look to who you are in Christ. How you responded shows your chosenness, chosen by God, 
And now your examples to people in Thessalonica, of course, but in Macedonia and also down into the south of Greece where Paul was in Corinth. This area known by this rather awkward word, Achaia. Don't doubt your salvation in Christ, says Paul. Look what he's done in your life. Saying that to us now, don't doubt your salvation in Christ. Look what he's done in your life. In desperate times in the world at the moment, where wars and rumours of wars are everywhere, where baffling suffering is taking place and is popping up onto our screens, we cannot miss it. And there is suffering also in lives of people we know or maybe ours too. We need reassurance and we can be reassured. We have a place in history, even as events shudder around us and we almost feel the ground shaking. Those of us who've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ can look at what we know he's done for us in and through our lives. And we are steeled by this knowledge. We're not downcast by it. We might even get a little taste of that first joy when we first knew the Lord. And encouraged by that stealing to strive even more to show in our living the agape of God which has been poured into our hearts. And our place in history, what, what, what does the preacher mean about that? Well, I think we are given the torch of truth because that's what I read in the Bible. And our place in history is to pick it up and to use it to shine it in the darkness. And we're given a little time in which to grow in the love and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And part of how we're working at that is what we're doing this morning and what we do every Sunday. Grow in love and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can become by grace a little more like him. And by the work of the Holy Spirit, using our witness to others, showing that agape love, that some may yet be saved for a glorious eternity. Then the last few verses. The Thessalonians were known not just in Greece, but further afield. And they were known for faith in God how they turned from idols, how having turned they rejoiced to serve the living and true God. That was their witness. That is what we are remembering them for. What would you like to be remembered for? This week, I will attend a Thanksgiving service for a close friend a brother in Christ to me over 46 years. We shall be sad that he is no longer with us, but I'm confident that we shall remember him as a gracious, 
fruitful, busy, sacrificial, loving, Christ-devoted man. That is what we will remember him for, not the illness that carried him off. So the young Thessalonian church was known and is now remembered for their work of faith, for their labor of love, for their steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. How they turned from idols, how they served the living and true God. And Paul's final word to us this morning, how they exhibited their steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, as they waited for God's Son, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. So, I leave you this morning with that question. What would you like to be remembered for?